This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. In the past week, Wisconsinites got not one, but two new polls with insights on the state of the presidential race here. For political nerds like me, that's very exciting. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about state government and politics in Wisconsin. Joining me this week is Wisconsin State Journal politics reporter Riley Vetterkind, who's here to compare notes on a poll that the State Journal teamed up with the UW Election Research Center on and the results of the most recent Marquette University Law School poll. Stay tuned to hear us nerd out about all the numbers. Hey, Riley. How's it going? Hey, Jesse. Good, good. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. Good to have you over at the uh, Cap Times State Journal mothership here. The mothership. Yeah. <laughs> I've been away for too long. Yeah. Well, there's not like there's anything going on at the Capitol that's been keeping you there. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Pretty pretty slow couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a super poll-heavy uh, week that we've been having here in Wisconsin. Uh, we're Still more than a month away from the primary here, um, but it's inching closer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of all we have to work with at this point. I mean, we haven't had a ton of candidate appearances, um, and all the focus nationally is still kind of on, you know, South Carolina's coming up, and we just had the Nevada caucus, um, Super Tuesday in, in early March. So, I mean, a lot is in limbo still, but when we try to keep a focus on what's happening in the state, you know, I guess polls are the best way to do that, and we have now... About a few, you know, a few of them to work with. So, um, which is an improvement from from a couple months ago. Yeah, so. definitely. And if you ask kind of the the polling guru of the state, Charles Franklin of the Marquette poll, he'll always say more polls are better because you can get a better sense of what's going on. I guess as many snapshots as you can get of of where voters are in time, which is cool because you guys at the State Journal teamed up with the UW Elections Research Center to put on your own poll. Um, with YouGov, right, that you guys did. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Matt DeFore, my editor, for <laughs> kind of leading the charge on that. Um, he, he did a lot of groundwork to um, to work with UW-Madison's Elections Research Center and uh, Professor Barry Burden uh, to get this poll uh, out in the field. So the State Journal sponsored the Wisconsin portion of it, um, although the polling project itself that it's a part of is larger and includes Michigan and Pennsylvania, which, as I'm sure most people listening to your podcast know, <laughs> are very important battleground states in the 2020 election. Yeah. Um, so your your poll came out how many days ago? Do you, this earlier this week, right? You know, I, yeah. I really lose track of time <laughs> in this job, but I think it was on Sunday okay. um, yeah. that we had the results out. And we're talking right now, it's Thursday afternoon. It, yes. yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> both of us are bad at time. Um, <laughs> it's Thursday afternoon, and uh, we got a, a Marquette University Law School poll today. So now we've got like these two recently released polls that we can compare notes on a little bit and and take a look at. Uh, so so this project, like you said, it's a partnership with UW Election Research Center. How many polls are you guys going to be working with them on? And 
what what does that setup look like? Yeah, so so again, we are sponsoring uh, the Wisconsin or pa- partially sponsoring the Wisconsin portion of the poll led by the Elections Research Center at UW Madison. The people who actually were out in the field polling is this this firm called YouGov. Um, I you'd have to double check, but I think it was based in or you know founded in the UK if I'm if I'm correct, but I might have to look back at that. <laughs> anyway, um, it's it's an interesting firm. It's an online poll which is becoming a bit more popular these days just because of the the difficulty of getting people on the phone. I think when I was talking to Charles Franklin over at the Marquette poll, uh, he was saying that I think they have around a 2% response rate for live caller, which is still viewed as the gold standard yep. uh, of polling. But um, that means you have to make a lot of phone calls and there's going to be a lot of hangups. So this is just one new way um, as, as we kind of deal with a more difficult polling atmosphere, um, to, to get at, um, public opinion. And, and as we saw with the Marquette results, I mean, they're not entirely different. They're, you know, they, they're kind of tracking, uh, in, in the same direction. Um, so, you know, when you talk to pollsters, they, they'll say that the accuracy of, of these polls is, um, tending to be pretty similar to what we see in, in live caller polls. But, um, you know, there's still more research that's being done. But this is just another option for for uh, Wisconsinites to have. Great. Well, as you mentioned, uh, the results that we did see in the Marquette poll today and uh, in the in the UW poll uh, on Sunday are pretty similar in terms of who's leading the Dem field mm-hmm. in Wisconsin right now. Um, Bernie Sanders is a pretty clear front runner. He came in at 29% in the Marquette poll and 30% in your poll. So that's yeah. about as close as it gets. Um, and then Biden and Bloomberg kind of coming in right behind him. And it seems like those three have kind of carved out the top and a little bit of variation in terms of the the bottom half of the field shuffling between Warren, Klobuchar, Buttigieg and undecideds. I was interested that uh, there were there were more undecideds in your poll than in the Marquette poll. But it also sounded like that was a that was an absolute don't know, haven't chosen someone. But we learned in the Marquette poll today that most voters are still not completely made up uh, on their minds, even if they have someone that they they already support. Um, what stood out to you to you from the Dem field when you're looking at that? Well, when I look at both of these polls, I mean, when I first saw it wasn't a complete surprise to me to to see Sanders take the lead uh, among the other candidates, just because that's been kind of the national story that we've seen is is Sanders doing really well in both Iowa and New Hampshire, and he kind of swept the field generally speaking in in the Nevada caucuses. Um, so in in media. You know, and that's a lot of what people, you know, people who have a general interest in politics are are watching, watching, Um, you know, I think people do tend to like to get behind a winner. And um, I think I think as as people keep talking about Sanders doing well, I think they're more and more comfortable getting behind him. Um, So the other thing I was interested in was how quickly. Biden kind of fell off. I mean, not terribly, but I think he was pulling, um, you know, in our poll, I think around 13%, which um, has been a drop from the 23% that he had in the last Marquette poll. So my question was, well, you know, maybe the support for Biden was pretty soft. um, And maybe it was just name recognition with him being the former vice president. Um, And then Bloomberg really quickly 
uh, came into second place. I didn't quite see that coming just because he was at 6% in the last Marquette poll. uh, And now our poll showed him at about 13%, um, about tied with Biden. And then this poll uh, that was released today by Marquette shows an even bigger uh, second place finish with Bloomberg having, I think it was around like 17%. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's even, you know, I think this poll was in the field around the time that um, Bloomberg kind of had a rough debate. I think he was able to come back from that a little bit. Um, Was it last night or two nights ago in the South Carolina debate? But still, um, you know, support growing for him. That that was interesting to see. I think it shows the power of advertising. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I mean, there's been between that that Las Vegas debate and then um, just a lot of uh, coverage of you know harassment allegations from his you know previous companies and um, just a, a lot of unfavorable stories about him and, and the way that he's interacted with people over time. And yet, uh, you can't turn on your TV in Wisconsin without seeing a Bloomberg ad. At this point, uh, Steyer was kind of in that place for a little while. He had a lot of ads on uh, on the air in Wisconsin for a while, but it's it's really Bloomberg now. He's got an yeah. office right on the Capitol Square in downtown Madison. He's really the only candidate that's doing a lot of work in Wisconsin right now. And it seems yeah. like that, like you said, that kind of overshadows any negative attention or negative press that he had for a little yeah. while. I mean, one question I do have, and I don't have an answer to it, is just why Bloomberg has done so much better than Steyer in the state. I mean, yeah. I'd have to look at advertising returns. I don't, or, or just how, how much mm-hmm. each candidate's on the air. But, you know, I've seen both candidates on TV. So they've been on TV at least at some rate. And yet Bloomberg is really the one that's getting the benefits of it. It um, seems like there is a little bit more of an actual ground operation from Bloomberg too. I mean, I've gotten calls. I know people who have gotten their doors knocked in Madison by people working for Bloomberg as yeah. opposed to, I don't, I don't think Steyer's doing much besides just being on the air. Yeah. Everyone in the press corps, too, is well aware of, of the Bloomberg campaign. Um, yeah. You know, celebrity appearances in town. <laughs> right, right. For Bloomberg. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, th- as you were mentioning, as we were talking about earlier, it this Marquette poll is really interesting because it shows that He's underwater in in general favorability. He's the only Democratic candidate, like um, strongly underwater. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's also yeah in uh, in second place in yeah. the level of support. So I guess voters are not super concerned about whether they like the candidate that they're voting for. Uh, maybe they're looking at policy or electability. And you have taken a look a little bit at that too to see what what voters value in terms of likability, favorability, or just aligning with. But policy or do they see that voter or that candidate as someone who can beat Donald Trump? What did you guys learn about that? Yeah. So our poll showed that people like going into this, I was thinking, oh, like this seems to be the type of year where everybody on the Democratic side is prioritizing beating Donald Trump. Um, well, I mean, our poll showed that while while there are a certain faction of voters where that is their top priority. It's about 20%. That was beat out by people who really do see these candidates, their preferred candidates, as aligning with them on policy. So that was 34% of respondents who said that. So that's interesting because when you pair it with um, the Marquette results today, those show uh, that while while Bloomberg is underwater, a lot of people view Bloomberg as a very – 
viable candidate going up against President Trump. Both Democrats and Republicans think that Republicans think he's the best person to go against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Just looking, you know, not not from a political perspective, right, from but a just strongest, from a strong yep. candidate against strong candidate perspective. And Democrats view him as the second most uh, electable candidate against Donald Trump, second only to Sanders, which. That doesn't surprise me just because the amount of people voting for Sanders are probably going to say, well, he's going to be the best choice. You know, there's there's a variety of opinions still. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. Uh, a bit of news, too, in the Marquette poll is Donald Trump's favorability completely split, 48-48. Yep, yep. It's it's not, again, a huge surprise because right. I think since – probably since 20 – well, basically since he was elected, I think that number – the, the favorability for Trump has been inching ever so upward. Um, I think I caught Charles Franklin today saying that he thinks that's largely due to – Republicans just even more heavily getting behind the president. I think it's it's well over 90 percent at this point. Yeah. Um, so Republicans are really rallying behind President Trump. And I, I don't think Democratic opinion has changed much. Um, I'd have to look at the exact figures. But and I think this has inched up a bit more. I think it was kind of hovering at, you know, Trump being slightly underwater among all voters. But once impeachment came along, those numbers have crept up a little bit more. So I think impeachment really, really did alienate Republicans who may have been on the fence um, to, to side with the president. Yeah, the partisan divide there is incredibly stark as it is on, I guess, a lot of exactly. things um, in this poll. And what was really curious about me, uh, there was a Politico article going around – I think I said just curious about me, curious <laughs> to me, is that there was a Politico article going around earlier. This this professor had this theory about, you know, swing voters basically hardly existing. I think a lot of us yeah. in the press corps read it, which, you know, is an interesting theory. I don't think it's completely true because, I, you know, we've all talked to voters who have voted for Governor Walker and Democrat Tammy Baldwin in the same election yep. and people who switched between Obama and Trump and, you know. This poll, though, uh, that we did does show that there are not very many of those voters. Um, For instance, this shows that about 3% of Trump voters and about 3% of those who voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 plan to switch sides and and vote for the other side or vote for an independent candidate. Um, (laughs) You know, 6% are working with. That's pretty interesting, especially, I think, given how much – especially given how much uh, attention some Democrats have given to trying to – bring over disaffected Trump voters. It sounds like there aren't that many of them. (laughs) There aren't that many who strongly favored one of the other candidates or who voted for one of the other candidates. The people who consider themselves independents, I think, you know, they're still out there and that might be a bigger population. But among the people who actually went out and voted for one of these candidates, I I don't think that's, you know, there aren't a ton of people that are going to be persuaded. Um, Not to say that it doesn't matter because obviously our elections in Wisconsin are you know, decided by razor thin margins. Incredibly close. 
But I do think it gives a lot of credibility to the argument that whichever party can turn out more is probably going to win in the state, um, you know, or, or more of a focus should be based on that. Yeah, um, I yeah. mean, we looked at um, just some some cross tabs in, in some of the results and it showed that uh, people who sat out the 2016 presidential election uh, would go that they favor a Democratic candidate two to one against Trump. So. I think that just kind of speaks to a Democrat, a Democratic strategy might be to really go out and, and do the turnout operation, um, which I think, you know, they're already trying to focus on. Uh, Republicans are doing the same thing, but I think Democrats may, their effort might be more fruitful if they can, if they can do it right. Sure. Um, I mean, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's so many factors here that, yeah. I mean, sitting in February, what's going to happen in November. <laughs> right. But I think it does, you know, give some credibility to the, the turnout. It um, does. So it's it's very clear, like you said, a lot can happen um, between now and November and even between now and April 7th uh, yeah. for, our, for our presidential primary. And so much is up for grabs. Um, maybe maybe not in the primary field. Maybe Bernie's running away with that lead. But um, I mean, it's possible. I think I'm really curious to see... I think the next Marquette poll will be out at the end of March or sometime around that. Um, so we have South Carolina mm-hmm. where I'm seeing that that Biden is leading in those polls right now. Yep. Um, some polls are giving him a pretty heavy lead over Sanders. So if he takes that election, you know, I think the media narrative still does matter. I think that's what has kind of contributed to Sanders gaining so much traction lately. And I'm interested to see what happens with Biden taking the lead. I think he'll win some other super Tuesday States. Um, You know, whether that matters in the end, I mean, because I think Sanders is still going to do well in California, which has so many delegates, but, but to, to see, you know, if the if the narrative changes around Biden just a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, if he's kind of viewed as this underdog on the way back up again, you know, voters might might like that kind of that kind of talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe we'll see the polls change. I mean, it's very volatile. I mean, I would guess that Sanders would win this state. He won the state in 2016. He but, did. You know, but it could be closer than we think, especially if either Biden or Bloomberg or some other candidate um (laughs) you know gives gives sanders a run for his money in the state but i would i guess i'll go to a limb i don't think it's that big of a limb here and and say that i I think it's sanders election to lose at least in wisconsin i think that's right i mean it it's worth noting that again uh, bloomberg is really the only candidate that's spent time and money significant Mm -hmm. time and money in the state and depending on what happens on super tuesday that may remain the case maybe wisconsin's primary won't end up being a huge priority for these candidates but if it does end up being a priority that could change a lot as could the media narrative based on on what comes out of those exactly it's just so challenging though because there's so many other candidates in the field that if sanders has this lead right now you know it's you know Bloomberg versus Biden, and then you know, following everything else just kind of shakes out. So, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, um, anything else you're you're keeping an eye on between now and April, or now and November? I mean, I would expect more candidates to be coming to town. Um, you know, there's already quite a few surrogates. I know. I think Sanders supporters are having an event yep. this weekend. Michael Douglas already came to town for <laughs> Bloomberg. Yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll see the candidates come to Wisconsin. Um, you know, I, I still think I was expecting maybe that the field would have been more narrow by the time it came to Wisconsin. I mean, that there's still obviously a lot of time for candidates to drop out between now and April 7th when Wisconsin Democratic and Republican voters go to the presidential primaries. But, um, you know, that could change the calculus 
I, I was thinking that there would be a lot less candidates. So I'm watching for people to drop out depending on what happens in, in March and and maybe that'll give one candidate a better lead in the field here. They can, you know, touch base with more voters and get, you know, be a rally candidate, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, even if uh, April 7th doesn't end up being a, a huge fight, I think the November election will be very much in play in Wisconsin. So oh, yes. We're going to have a fun Buckle year. up. <laughs> Hold on to your hats, as Alberta Darwin <laughs> Hold on to your hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming in and talking about this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great. Since my heart still likes to be, I'm coming home. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. Our new episodes come out on Fridays, so make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you have feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at Opie, or you can email me at jopoyan at madison.com. Cap Times has several other great podcasts you should also check out, like The Madsplainers and The Corner Table. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.